care what happens to her. She's your girlfriend, you take care of her. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damey Network, and to find more from us, check out the website, themaindamey.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Damey. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio, and with me, with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, guys. How's it going? So um, I'll get deeper into this um, in a couple minutes, but I just have a quick question for you. Have either of you ever done the Regal 40X stuff or heard of it? No, no. I'm, a, I'm a company man. I stick to AMCs. <laughs> to the moon, right? As yeah. a shareholder, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't turn my back on AMC. All right, then, then I'll, I'll, I'll describe it later. But I just, just thought I'd ask beforehand to know how much detail I need to go into. Okay. Uh, yeah, but before we get into that, this week we have another guest, and this week she is part of the Game Vault podcast, as well as a Twitch streamer under Roxy Foxy and Dan's, and the better half of Dan, uh, Jen. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Yes. And this time you're not a hostage? <laughs> I wasn't a hostage last time, for the record. I was sick. <laughs> Do you, you want to hear something funny, guys? On the way home, uh, I, I gave her a call. As a good husband, I, I let my wife know when I'm on my way, so she knows that I'm not up to any funny business. Straight home, and okay. so she, so she goes. That's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I said, "Are you ready for the podcast?" She's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm not feeling well today." Like she's already trying to weasel her way no, out. No, I would never. No. Yeah, right. I would never. She's got the uh, the Comic Con hangover. Yeah, I think I caught a cold from Comic-Con. Legit. It's possible. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your Twitch stream, because I don't think the last time it was super up and running, because it's been like almost two years. I don't even yeah. know what it was. Pre-pandemic. Yep, I was going to say, I think it was the before times. I wasn't yeah. streaming yet, so um, I like to call myself a horror variety streamer, but we all know I really just play Dead by Daylight and Phasmo currently, for the most part. Um, I like anything horror, really, so... Um, if anyone likes watching horror games and you want to come and hang out, it's a pretty cool stream. I have a great community. We're all chill. We like to make fun of each other and laugh and talk about food. So if any of that sounds like something you are interested in, please feel free to stop on by. Everyone is welcome. Um, and for the month of October, I am trying to branch out and play more spooky, scary games. So uh, 
if anyone has any suggestions for me, I'm happy to take those as well. Cool. And it's they can find you at Roxy Foxy, both with two eyes, right? Yep. R-O-X-I-I-F-O-X-I-I. Great. Yeah, perfect time because we're talking about horror movies this week, too. But before we get into this week's movie, uh, what have we watched? So we'll start right with you, Jen. Have you watched anything? Yes, I wasn't prepared for this question. Uh, let's see. What did we just watch before? I'm going to default to Dan. Yeah, we watched The Host. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It was kind of weird. Um, it's a monster movie. It's uh, a monster, Korean monster yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a Korean monster movie. Um, I was kind of on the fence about it because there were times where it was really good. And then it got a little goofy. So I'm a little unsure about it. Um, I recently watched Malignant. Uh, we've watched Halloween, the newest Halloween, right? Yeah, the, the one. Yep. yep. Previous. Yep. Um, I've been watching um, <laughs> The Handmaiden's Tale. I know I'm I'm like way behind the eight ball oh. on that one. But... Oh, it's so a documentary. I see. Yes, the documentary. Okay, nice sprinkle that in. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's it. I mean, we've been watching horror movies on and off whenever we can. Sure. But I think those are like the yeah. biggest ones. Yeah, I've been watching. I, I watched uh, Aliens. We, uh, you watched a little oh, yeah. bit of Aliens. We watched a bit of Aliens, too. Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was the other big one I've been waiting to see. For some reason, I didn't see it when it came out. Yeah. It sucks because uh, I I use I've been watching some stuff on YouTube TV like Aliens was on YouTube TV, mm-hmm. uh, Happy Death Day, Child's Play two, but they have some of the the Hammer films uh, mm-hmm. with like Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Oh okay. And no no not I, not I, I was, MC Hammer. I was thinking, <laughs> are there MC Hammer films? No no it's like he yeah it's pre Medea. That was MC Hammer. Uh, no, I I wanted to watch some of those, but they're not they're not on yet. But they still have the uh, I guess they have like the logo for it. Or, you know, it, it's saying coming soon. But mm-hmm. I would love to watch those. I've never seen them, but uh, I I know that they're very gory and full of you know they it, it's your run of the mill like B horror movies. You know, you got the gore, you got boobs. It's just. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Halloween's all about, guys. Gore and yeah. boobs. Gore and boobs. <laughs> you might want to check HBO Max might have some. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Check that. Check Tubi as well. Oh, yeah. Tubi's a gold mine. Yeah. Tubi's a gold mine yeah. for garbage, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh... I think I feel like Mar- is that is that so that covers both of you guys, Dan. You didn't watch anything in addition. No, no, that was yeah. It. That's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, right? we've we've all been connected, I guess. So yeah, uh, Mark, I'm gonna go first because I think you have the one of any interest, really. Uh, yeah. I just got a bunch of shitty horror movies that I watched this okay. week. Uh, I watched Jack Frost, the Ooh. Shannon Elizabeth starring Jack Frost. Um, terrible. Creepshow <laughs> two, I watched worse. <laughs> uh, Bride of Reanimator. I watch a lot of sequels to movies that I like more. Uh, so Creepshow 2, Bride of Reanimator, VHS 94, which is the oh, new Shutter release. Nice. Man, dying to see that. Yeah. It's about 50% of a good movie. Oh, no. Mm, that's upsetting. To hear. <laughs> that is I upsetting. Think, well, it's, you know, it's a, uh, what am I call it? Um, an anthology. So, you know, there's always hit and miss. But I think the first two were pretty good. And then the third one is... I think I think it starts to go downhill right around the midpoint of the third one. Mm. Okay. And then I wasn't a huge fan of the fourth one. And the wraparound story I didn't like that much either. 
because I didn't really understand it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck was going on. But that was like uh, that one. I watched that. And then I finished up. Uh, I watched White Zombie, the 1930s White Zombie with Bela Lugosi. I got to stop watching these 1930s movies thinking I'm going to enjoy them because they <laughs> just feel super old. And then the last movie I watched was Phantasm 2, which is Phantasm. But what if they took a road trip in the middle of the movie? And that's it. Um, so in in phantasm i'm sorry to interrupt in phantasm i know we covered it last year correct yes yes there was basically like two right that's the movie that has two uh scenes pretty much it's like the graveyard (laughs) and some like crappy house they go to the hat from the house to the the funeral home right and then back back again yeah so this one just adds a, a little mini road trip Yep, they got like a it's like they it's a road movie more or less and Reg the former ice cream man is like the hero Reg. and the balls the ball on this movie to just be like yeah our our hero is going to be a middle-aged uh out of shape guy with a skullet that in the first movie was an ice cream truck driver. And we're going to do this for 5 movies. He's going to be our star for 5 movies. Oh, oh god. Just, just god bless him. Can I, ask, can I yeah. ask really quick, what is a skullet and do I actually want to know? A skullet is essentially a Ben Franklin haircut. So it's bald on top, but you got the <laughs> long hair in the back. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's for the guy, the guys that are just holding on to the long hair. Got it. Back. Okay. <laughs> more more recently known as the Hulk Hogan. Yes. Right. Yeah, okay. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's got a, had a skullet. I don't know if he still does. I haven't seen nah. his hair recently. But yeah, that's a skeleton. Uh, okay, Mark, you've got the big one. So why don't you, you yeah. tell so, us what you saw? So I actually watched two movies this week. Um, so I'll start off with the smaller one. Um, I uh, rewatched uh, Black Widow because it came on Disney+. Plus. Um, still as solid of a movie as when I we first talked about it. Um, not, not spectacular, but um, still Florence Pugh steals that movie. Um, I did notice one thing that I don't know if you, you guys remember or anything. Um, I didn't realize that they also had the mom do the pose at one point um, when she lands from something. Uh, so I thought that was a neat trick that they had all three of the women do it um, at one point. Um, but yeah, nothing really spectacular. Just want to point out that that movie is just fine. And I can't wait for the Hawkeye series to see what Florence Pugh is in it because I'm assuming she's in it. Um, but the big one, as Ant uh, mentioned, um, I did go see the latest Bond movie, um, No Time to Die. Uh, but I saw it in Regal 40X, um, which for those of you that don't know, that's the one that sort of the chairs move around with the action and it sort of vibrates. And um, for this one, at least this is my first 40X. When he was getting sh- like shot, it would have little pressure points that would hit you in the back. Um, to do that, there's supposed to be stuff where water sprays on you when water spraying on screen, but I don't know if they didn't set that up for Bond or there wasn't anything really to do. Um, I only saw that in the the preview thing where they show you all the elements in the little minute clip before the movie. Um, mm-hmm. it like has air blow on you and lights flash, and it's actually pretty decent. Um, if you can find it for the sixteen dollars that I found it for in New York somehow. Um, I would, I would go to, I would try it for any big car movie. Um, you know, <laughs> you're saying it without saying it. Um, our, yes. <laughs> any um, big car movie, movie that makes them that maybe have released one this year. 
Yeah, maybe. And um, <laughs> any any Euro action movie um, that has um, you know any any kind of mobility um, to it. They showed it for uh, they showed it in the preview for Eternals. They did it. Um, there was a 40x preview. Um, the coolest part was the uh, they did the horse riding, and it was supposed to simulate that um, in there. So that was pretty pretty cool. Uh, but the movie itself, which is probably the more important thing, um, I, I had texted Dan my initial thoughts afterwards um, that I had it ranked at like a seven out of ten. Um, after going back and thinking about it for a bit and realizing, um, you know, some of the things, I think I bump it up to like seven point five, maybe eight. Um, I'll see if on a second viewing. Um, it's definitely uh, probably my third of the um, five uh, Craig movies. Um, you know, just because Casino Royale and Skyfall, I absolutely love. Um, so no slack there. But um, the interesting thing, and you guys are going to laugh about this, um, it didn't feel like almost three hours, the movie um, right. there. It actually keeps a good pace. Um, it keeps scenes interesting to make you not, there's not a whole lot of Bond hashing out a plan, you know, long 20 minute sequences um, mm -hmm. that drag the movie. It's a lot of action in it. Um, Craig's fantastic. This um, might be one of his better performances um, um, of them, probably. Yeah, probably, I'd say behind Casino Royale in terms of uh, the emotion and actual acting he brings, um, the humanity that he brings to Bond in this movie. Um, uh, the 007 in this movie, because uh, the uh, spoilers they announced that a while ago, is actually um, pretty good. Um, I don't know if they're going to go forward with her or this was just a one-off for this movie. Um, uh, the, my favorite thing they did, um, without giving any spoilers to it, the, uh, the, uh, oh, is it Ana de Armas? Mm -hmm. She, what she's in in the movie is the perfect amount that she's in the movie. She comes in, makes, you know, does a whole segment, very captivating and in there and then just leaves. So it's just perfect. Um, couldn't have thought of a better way to just have her be a Bond girl, um, in this movie. Um, it's a great, uh, end to, um, you know, uh, Daniel Craig's tenure. Um, like the, uh, last couple Bonds had sort of not the best final movies, um, especially Brosnan. Um, well, his entire trajectory just went downhill, um, after GoldenEye. Um, so I'm really interested to see what they, they do next with it, um, uh, because they could, they could go, they go a lot of different ways with it. Um, it is Bond, so the actor, you know, just takes the role. You know, you can do whatever you want in terms of universe and storytelling, um, depending on if they're going to go younger or older. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, I do recommend it for Bond fans out there. Uh, it is probably, I would put it probably somewhere in my, close, if not in the top 10, um, you know, close to it of Bond films. I'd have to go through them all in my head. Because um, mm. there's a lot of Conneries in there. But it is fun. It doesn't feel like three hours, especially if you're in a movie theater. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it, it's they it wasn't there was some freaky stuff with the actual plot of it um, in terms of villains and stuff like that. Um, but I don't think that was what this movie was supposed to be about. So, um, yeah, yeah. Recommend it from someone that has seen um, every Bond movie. So, OK, great. And uh, that's all we've got this week. We're going to be we're going to take a quick break and listen to some ads so we can pay those bills and we'll be back with this week's movie. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was Mark's pick. So, Mark, why don't you tell us yeah. about the movie you picked this week? 
Yeah, so um, I had originally a uh, little behind the curtain. We had um, Aunt asked us to each pick a Halloween movie like months ago. And I had originally watched uh, Evil Dead, the original um, Bruce Campbell um, from, was it, late 70s, early 80s? Um, yeah, 40 years. Yeah, 81. Um, so I had chosen that because, as everybody knows on this podcast, you know, I don't have a deep well of um, horror knowledge. And I knew that would be a good one to do on the podcast. Uh, and coincidentally enough, which I didn't know at the time, um, we Aunt was able to grab us uh, some tickets to a um, a screening uh, for um, the 40th anniversary um, of while we were all at New York Comic Con. Uh, so it worked out perfectly, um, the timing here and, and for this movie in particular. Um, and uh, yeah, it's probably no surprise to any of you that have listened to us over multiple Halloweens. I am very much, um, I will watch the... 70s, 80s type horror movies that are more practical effects and um, kind of goofy and silly um, rather than the jump scare um, type of deep uh, psychological horror. So Evil Dead, right down that alley. Great. Uh, you said, uh, have you, was this like the first time you had seen it recently? Yeah, or? I haven't seen it since. I, I did it for an old uh, blog that I had wrote like seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. um when i was going through a whole bunch of movies that were on netflix um so this was one of them um so i remembered most of it um when i um i had watched it for that um but i didn't remember um you know some some little sections or and i started confusing it with the newer one in my head mm -hmm. um when when things happened i was like oh wait no that's in that one um but yeah yeah i haven't seen it in about eight years uh so um, it was nice to see it on a big screen. Uh, you know, that that's always interesting to watch older movies, um, you know, in a theater when they obviously were released before I was even born. Yeah, I think this was this is the first movie that we've all watched together while we were doing this podcast. Yeah. And not just the three of us. Also, Jen was there, too. So she that's the reason why she's on this podcast this week. because She mm -hmm. also accompanied us through the screening. So Jen, why don't you tell us where you're coming from with the evil dead? Sure. So this was a movie that um, I believe Dan suggested that we watch one night because to be completely honest, I think when I did watch this, which was probably like four year, five years ago, maybe at this point, I probably wouldn't have picked it up myself. So he was like, Oh, let's check out this movie. He's um, to give a little bit of background. He's more of an older horror movie fan where he's usually suggesting those movies for us to watch i don't usually pick them myself so um luckily i agreed to watch it and i liked it when we saw it um i believe i've watched the second movie and i had watched the tv show that came out i know that doesn't really count as a movie obviously but i mean it's along it's the still, same storyline yeah. yeah it's canon oh, right yeah. it's canon and i really like ash's character i think he's hilarious so uh, also I played Dead by Daylight and Ash is a survivor in Dead by Daylight. So there's a little bit of that there. Um, so when I heard that we were going to go see this movie, I was really excited. I hadn't seen it in a while, too, which was nice. Um, and yeah, I think I I just think it's it's a great mix of funny and gory and creepy all rolled into one. And I feel like that kind of movie now, if it were to come out and be a new thing, it might not go so well but i think it was just one of those it's so bad is great kind of things so i was on board for this one for sure sure 
Dan, what about you? Where are you coming from? Evil Dead. Yeah, as Jen mentioned, uh, I I recommended this to her. I've seen the Evil Dead trilogy, the original trilogy. I've seen it numerous times. It's weird. I think growing up, I I remember seeing at the the uh, video rental store. I think it was uh, Suncoast Video. Not I didn't have a Blockbuster, but it always captured me the the cover for Evil Dead Two with the the skull with the eyes in it, just looking right at you. Mm-hmm. That always caught my eye. And I believe the first one I saw, I think I almost went backwards. I saw Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead growing up because uh, I, I didn't know any better. But yeah, I, I've seen it numerous times. Uh, I, I love the, this movie is is right up my alley as well. Just practical effects, a ton of blood. So silly, so campy. Uh, Bruce Campbell is is a hero to me. I love him um he's so cool uh yeah and so when this was brought up because we were going to comic-con and and you brought this up that this is something you can't pass up you know it's we've seen back to the future together for an anniversary uh this is the second movie i've seen with you as an anniversary screening Mm -hmm. and it was so much fun seeing it with other people yeah and we went you know we were exhausted after we saw this movie because then we went out and you know we we drank and we just had a ton of fun we're being best buds and (laughs) then we watched evil dead 2 and it it just didn't have the same feeling to it just being all just being us there it was fun obviously but being in a crowded theater i mean some people were kind of obnoxious like they knew what was going to happen obviously so they they got to let you know that it's going to happen but it's still a ton of fun seeing people react to it as if it's the first time. Um, yeah, so I, I love this movie. I'm, I'm glad that we went and saw it again. Yeah, so my my history with Evil Dead, I think I've seen, I saw the second one first on a VHS that my college roommate had brought up. So I hadn't, hadn't seen any of them until college. And I've probably seen this maybe half a dozen times at this point. Uh, I've really only seen Army of Darkness once. I'm not a huge fan of Army of Darkness. It's fine, but I think it just goes completely off the rails in weird places. So I'm not a huge fan of that one, but I do like Evil Dead. I do like Evil Dead, too. But like you said, seeing it in a theater with a crowd of people is kind of like almost revitalizing what feel the feeling of watching this movie, because now it's like I've seen this movie before. This is a background movie now. I could put it on and just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm doing something while i i do this because i you know i've seen it so many times but seeing it in theater was such a treat to have because i i forgot because it you know it just seeing it so much it kind of lulls you into yeah i've seen it blah 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 how it reminded me how funny the movie is just having that that crowd reacting to stuff like uh ash just having all kinds of trouble with bookcases (laughs) and him shaking the shit out of scotty and then falling on Scotty, uh, just those little like slapstick moments that, you know, when you're not watching it with a, a group of people, maybe just kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny. You like you say, oh, that's funny rather than laughing at it. But in the crowd, it's a great time. Uh, yeah, I think this is I think this is my favorite of the three. I don't know if anybody has an opinion other than that, but watching Evil Dead 2 after I, I maybe it was because I had a handful of drinks i was so fucking confused mm-hmm. even after what 
watching the first one and then watching the second one immediately after confused the fuck out of me. Because I was like trying to, I think maybe Dan, maybe it was you asking questions because maybe you were like in the other, like what's going on and why is he back here and who's that? It's like, I don't know <laughs> the answers to these questions, even though I'm clearly oh, watching this right now. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you're right, man. It just, it, it was a little unnecessary, I felt, because it, it's, as you explained it, this is the Raimi cut, essentially, right? It's, he wanted to make it a, a different way. So, uh, people dead too. So, this is basically what Taylor Swift is doing with all her music, as we were discussing. That's right. So, for whatever reason, Sam Raimi lost the copyright or just the rights to Evil Dead. So he decided to just remake it, I think, is is the reason Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 exists. So he made it and made it funnier. Um, yeah, and just watching it just kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense in terms of... Because it is, it's a sequel. It's still, it's not a remake because it is a sequel, but he's back in the same place, but he's acting like he's never been there before. And I'm sure there's probably like a huge fan of the Evil Dead series screaming while listening to this podcast, explaining it to us right. to, to deaf ears. But yeah, um, so uh, uh, the rights to the show scenes from the original could not be obtained to recap what happened. So the beginning was remade to explain how Ash got to the cabin. I'm reading, um, trying to explain why this exists, but I didn't write it down. Or why Evil Dead 2 exists, but I didn't write down. So we're going to skip it. Um, yeah, I had such a good time. This has just made it so much better watching it that way. I'm so glad we were able to kind of figure that out. Because I think we were just like, oh, it's coming back. Um, I'm like, oh, but fuck, that's New York Comic Con weekend. And then we figured out that we were not that far from a theater showing it. Because we were in New York City. And obviously it's going yep. to show in New York City. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, this is a great time. Uh, I don't really have much more to say about that. Um, uh, there's one question. How necessary is the tree rape scene at this point? I think in hindsight, yeah, it's rough. But, yeah. in, in you know, in 1981, that's pretty shocking. It's still fucking shocking. Like, I remember, so, like, this, that scene still gets a big reaction. It got a big reaction in the theater because mm. it's so aggressive. Like, she, she gets tied up and then that fucking huge piece of tree just goes right in between her legs it's like god damn that's yeah. that's a lot <laughs> yeah I, I i think jen you were saying that you hated that part right you you thought that was unnecessary as well i think yeah i mean i get what you guys were saying about it being shocking and they were obviously going for incredible shock value with it i mean they could have gone as far as just to have the tree tie her up and like you know do whatever else except that but i mean you had the Silent Hill movie that essentially did something very similar at um, the end. Are we comparing so, Silent Hill? We're not Hill comparing it. I'm just saying Dead. it's it's been done <laughs> more recently than Evil Dead. So I think obviously Jen just said she prefers Silent Hill to this movie. How <laughs> dare you, lady? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard to justify it because uh, yeah. yeah. you can imply you can imply it or even you know the demons can get it or some other way i suppose yeah it it's it's still pretty shocking though pretty visceral like because mm -hmm. there is that like moment where like you're seeing her and then it just comes out of nowhere it's like jesus fuck that's a good point like we had all seen it i mean you and you had said you'd seen the movie probably about six times and it's still shocking right like every time yeah. that you see it you're like this is never going to get any better 
any easier to watch. Yeah. Bruce Campbell even mentions it in the like the forward. Like, oh, you're about to watch a movie where, you know, a tree rapes a girl. So, you know, strap in. Yeah. 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 Definitely earns its NC-17 rating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But at, at the same time, it's, you respect this movie for what it was able to accomplish on what it had budget wise. Oh, yeah. No, I the its inclusion does not make me dislike this movie whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, but it's you could take a step back and be like. I don't I wouldn't miss that scene if it's gone, you know? Right. Yeah, I think it's really and it's really a second and a half of of what you could get rid of and makes it, you know, less in your face about it. You know, not even a second and a half, like a half a second is really all that you could probably lift and be like, all right, that's less terrible. So what would you what would you guys rather have the tree do? Just like tie her up and that's it. Yeah, why not? I think I, I think there are other ways demons could go in her without yeah. you know right at right. the shoot yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah I, I think literally anything but rape yeah, yeah. i mean because be the, la- the last shot of this movie is uh the camera going basically down ash's throat mm-hmm. uh and for all intents and purposes before the sequel came out i'm where the assumption is that he gets possessed that way right i could totally work the same way yeah, yeah. well if if we're being honest all isn't it all rape? Because right, the, the the demon enters you without well, your permission. Yes, one hundred percent. There's there is it's without consent. All of yeah. this is unconsensual. However, you don't need to double <laughs> down on it. <laughs> it. But again, it appears that it's going in one hole or the other. Yeah, with a demon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you know demon possession is all unconsensual in every single movie and every kind exactly. of incarnation of it. So yes, in that way, it is kind of uh, a rape of sorts. It'd be weird if it were, uh, you know, we, you find out in the exorcist, like Regan is just like, oh yeah, no, come on in. Pazuzu, my, my buddy. Well, yeah, there is, there is an exception is uh woodland critter Christmas in the South park episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> decides that he wants the demon to possess him to, so he can make a world better for the Jews. <laughs> if any, I was going to say, if anyone was going to do that, it was obviously <laughs> going to be Matt Stone and Trey Parker. There you go. So that's the, the most consensual demon possession ever is that episode. Also one of the best episodes of South Park ever. But the Evil Dead from, I guess, 1981, we're going to call it because this is the 40th anniversary. It's directed by Sam Raimi, director of all three Evil Dead movies, not including the remake Spider-Man 1 through 3, The Quick and the Dead, Simple Plan for the Love of the Game, and Drag Me to Hell. Which one of these is not like the other? Uh, He's also featured as an actor in previous They Called This Movie episode Maniac Cop as a reporter. It stars Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandweiss, Richard DeManincourt, Betsy Baker, Teresa Tilly, and Ted Raimi shows up as what they call... um, they call all the demons something, uh, which is a weird name. Fake Shemp. All of them are fake Shemp. And Ted Raimi is one fake Shemp. Uh, budget, $350,000. But box office, $2.9 million. And it's premiere on October 15th, 1981 in Michigan. So that is 40 years to the day after this episode will air. Or we'll go live. IMDb score of 7.5 and a Rotten Tomato score of 95%. This might be the highest we've ever had. I'm assuming it is. Uh, 
Yeah, higher than the Snyder Cut. You're telling me we never we never we covered the Snyder, Snyder Cut. Oh, and as long as I'm on this podcast, <laughs> we never will. It's going to go in the same locker that uh, uh, Summer Catch goes in. <laughs> Summer Catch, Sandals and Sand movies, and the Snyder Cut. I'm telling you, I can make an argument that Summer Catch takes place on Halloween. Oh gosh, <laughs> I I was going to do a fa- uh, a joke t- text and say, and no, Mark, you can't pick Summer Catch. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry we have baseball movies coming up next spring so you can put it yeah. in again <laughs> I just, riding I that to, horse it's gonna win one time baby i was just say i want this to be a uh, a running gag of that it's just it it's always in the the poll and just never wins <laughs> it's the susan lucci of our polls <laughs> Just be the fourth option for everything, regardless of what uh, <laughs> right. it is. <laughs> Christmas movies and summer catch. Um, okay, you guys want to get in the plot? Let's do it. Well, yeah. All right. right, Dan, what do you got for us this week? Okay, so I have been informed by Tia herself. We, we met up with Tia and Brittany at the con. Super sweet people. Go follow them on all social media platforms. Uh, Itty Bitty Brit. Uh, TC underscore Stark. Go follow them. They're they're awesome. But I was informed by Tia. It is not the top ten with Tia anymore because they told me how many times can we do a, a top ten list? Soon they're going to run out, and that's a good idea. Oh, that that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, they decided to switch it up, and now it's tea time with Tia and Brittany. So tea time with Tia and Brittany is a free form, a free flow podcast between Tia and Brittany where they pick a topic and they just. They, they go off on it as two friends, two good buddies, just talking about whatever. So listen to these two girls. They talk about uh, movies, television, uh, actors, actresses, you name it. it it's, ba- it's basically the top 10, but it's just more free flow now. But you can find them at GeekVibesNation, GVNation.com. Go check them out there. Subscribe to them. And yeah, that's it. Great. As probably they decided that we were giving them too many terrible ideas for top 10. So they just put an <laughs> end to it so they didn't have to follow through with it. Well, they mentioned like, oh, what's the top 10 horror movies? And we did that two years ago. Like, oh, OK, well, <laughs> it's like the Rolling Stones. We got to every every so often, uh, you know, top 500 songs again. <laughs> yeah. But this time we're going to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, we're going to make everyone mad at us. <laughs> All right, great. And we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some messages from Friends of the Podcast and we will be back in a second. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're 
you're subscribed to the best little horror house in Philly, and I'll see you boils and ghouls over there. And welcome back. So now it's time to get into the plot for The Evil Dead. We open on a swampy wooded marsh as the camera moves freely around the trees. We get a group of teens in a car traveling on a dirt road, happy-go-luckily singing a stupid fucking song. We have Ash in the back reading a map, Scotty driving, as well as Cheryl, Linda, and Shelly also in the car. They're headed up to a cabin in Ash's car for the weekend, and no one knows exactly why they got the cabin so cheap. They're suspecting it's in pretty bad shape. I'm pretty sure it's Scotty's uncles or something like that. They almost run into a truck, thanks to Ash's steering wheel, and then turn off the beaten path to a secluded drive. So much so that the bridge is wooden and nearly falls apart as they drive over it. They finally make it to the cabin, which is in such a bad shape I wouldn't pay a dime for it. I don't care how cheap they got it. Scotty goes up to the door and retrieves the keys and goes inside while the girls and Ash unpack the car. Inside is basically the exact cabin you think it is. It's got a deer head over the fireplace. It looks damp as fuck. It even has a shed in the back that might have been its own, had its own taxidermy tools in it. But basically bad things are going to happen in this shed. So at night, Cheryl draws in her sketchbook near the window. As the wind picks up, she suddenly loses control over her hand and she scratches a drawing into the sketchbook against her will. Again, another against her will sort of thing. She winds up drawing some sort of face. And then from a cellar door in the floor, some knocking starts and then stops. At dinner, Ash tries to give a terrible speech in Greek. And then the cellar door swings open out of nowhere. After trying to reason away the occurrence, as if it was an animal or something, and goading each other to take a look, eventually Scotty goes and takes a flashlight down into the cellar. As he goes out of view, he goes quiet. Ash calls out to him, but there's no answer. So he goes down after Scotty. Ash goes down with a lantern when we get a sense of it being quite some time that someone has been down there. It's drippy, dusty, and probably has black mold. You know what I thought was cool about this? Sure. Have you guys seen the Ash vs. the Evil Dead show at all? I saw like the first few episodes. Okay. So, Jen, I know you you were saying we mm-hmm. both watched it. Yeah. The They go back to the cabin at one point. I, I, it might have been season two or three, but it's almost an exact replica and even the basement, it's like I I recognized it because it had been so long from seeing the movie. But just by seeing the, the Ash vs. the Evil Dead show, like, man, they, they really they pretty much nailed it. Like how it looks and like really damp and dark and dirty. Uh, all the, the placement of the wall, the the uh, the pipes. It was just it was cool to see that they put that kind of love and uh, attention into the show. Because you know, they mm-hmm. could have like, oh, you know, that movie came out 40 years ago. We could have renovated it a little bit or whatever. But no, they kept it. It's your quintessential, you know, haunted house cabin in the woods kind of feeling to it. It it really set the tone. Sure. Question. How much would it take you to stay in that cabin for a night? Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, I'm going to say, man, I, I am so cheap. <laughs> if If yeah. you were to dangle like. Fifty thousand dollars in front of me, but yeah, okay, okay, cool. Jen, what about you? Yeah, uh, real quick. I think okay. Dan would choose to go to that cabin because it was the cheapest thing he could find. But and but and at the same time, I'm also very much chicken shit. <laughs> It'd be I, a I hard do. Decision. It would be like man, like because this would this would help me so. It would be one of those things where the guy would have like. $250,000 in the briefcase, right? Ready to show it to me. But like, oh, you know, 50000 Oh, well, that's exactly how much I have. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky well, you. Well, okay. You yeah. drive a hard bargain, yeah, exactly. but... Dan will go on Airbnb. It's like, ah, oh, 20 bucks a night. 
three stars. Yep. That's not terrible. I'll it's take that. Fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. You and you just ruined my anniversary plans. <laughs> Way to go. I guess I'll be booking because I don't, now I don't trust where we're gonna end up. Oh my uh, gosh. I think I, I think I'd get like ten grand is the number that popped in my head. I feel like it's a little low, but to be honest, that's the number I thought of. Okay. I feel like it is a little low. I'd probably say like 15 grand. Yeah. I wouldn't go much higher, though. I, I'd be happy with that. Oh, so you guys are cheaper than I am already. <laughs> that's interesting. Now, now, to clarify, this is what someone's paying me to stay there? Right. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. More. No, 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 no. I'm not paying 10 grand to, to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I'm just wondering why the number's so low. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm asking for at least six figures. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Damn. Mark's noping right the fuck out of this, this whole so, scenario. You give me how, enough money to pay off all of my student loans and I will go stay in that cabin for a night. When, when we thought of the the amount that we're saying that we need to be paid, did we like get a tour first? Did we no. see the listing? Do we know nothing about it? Like how much information do we have going into uh, it? I would say that you have as much information as Scotty here. Absolutely. Okay, Apparently, so it's just a shitty cabin, yeah. but it was cheap, so. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, then then we wouldn't know that there's like a demon infested house <laughs> that we're about but, to stay in. But I feel like we would also all three of us be way smarter than to read from a book made. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Human flesh. So we that would just what... have an un uncomfortable night, and that's well, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll get to it, but uh, yeah, they don't actually read from it. <laughs> Some oh, asshole yeah, does yeah. without spoil, like giving spoiler alerts. <laughs> right. I, that would be great if the uh, the, the recording's like, all right, if you don't want to hear this, skip to five minutes into the the, yeah. the, the recording. I mean, it's, it's essentially a podcast they're listening to. Like, yeah. if we were here and we got a hold of a book that apparently has human skin on it, uh, and we ha we knew, it's not like the, this guy was just like, oh, I don't know what these words mean. He literally says, this book is used to summon the dead, and this is the words in him. Blah, 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 blah. If I if I came across that and I was going to read it, I'd be like, "All right, everybody, I'm about to summon demons." Probably <laughs> None of us don't want to stop you. If you right. don't want me to summon demons currently, probably don't want to listen to this part. Smash you know, that common, subscribe button. Common courtesy. I mean, now you go on Twitter and people will just be like, "Can you believe it? You say this and then it and it conjures demons." Like well, someone two hours after, after someone would definitely side with you. Oh yeah. Right, with with the discourse on Twitter, someone would be like, "Well, it's not his fault. They shouldn't have been fucking listening." Yeah, he probably wouldn't be a person that I would want siding with <laughs> me either. It never is. <laughs> uh, eventually, Scotty jumps out to scare Ash, and then shows him the stuff he found, which is just red flag after red flag, including a book with a weird face on it, a dagger with a skull handle, and a ripped "The Hills Have Eyes" poster. They what back an odd decor choice. Yeah. So I was reading, I was trying to figure out, because I did read this one at one point. So I believe, uh, so Wes Craven did The Hills Have Eyes. And I believe this was an, a response to him having a ripped Jaws poster in The Hills Have Eyes saying it's like, The Hills Have Eyes is replacing Jaws as the scariest movie ever. Oh, So then The Evil Dead is now replacing the Hills of Eyes is the scariest movie ever. I think they continue it for a couple more movies. I don't really remember which ones, but yeah. I will say I did enjoy The Evil Dead more than The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of I'm not a, a big fan of Wes Craven's early stuff. Last House on the Left. 
that's that's a tough one to watch too. Sure. Mm-hmm. And terrible yeah. music choices in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, again, such such a shoestring budget, you know. Yeah. Later, they head back upstairs with a tape player they found down in the cellar and sit around with the girls and play the tape and also threaten violence on the girls. Thanks to Scotty, who just wants to break her face. Wow. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was the part. highlight of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was an audible gasp in the theater. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Too many people laughed at it, though, myself being. It was included. hilarious. Yeah. But because it, it just right, it escalates out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, just, like <laughs> joking around with him. He's like, "I'm gonna break your face." Yeah, <laughs> so matter of factly. It's like, oh yeah, what if I break your face? Like, oh shit! It, I, again, nowadays, if we're all hanging out and and, and Mark is is joking around with Jen, and Mark says, "Jen, I'm gonna break your face," I feel like one of us would be like, "Hey, dude, hey, <laughs> be like, whoa, pull it back a little bit." But Scotty 100 <laughs> percent beats his girlfriend. Right? Yeah. yeah think for so. sure. Yeah. Yes. Just yeah. not because not just that. I mean, the feel the treatment he has towards everybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He he does not hesitate to just axe the fuck out of his own girlfriend. And he doesn't hesitate to leave Linda in gone. He's like, no, fuck her. I don't really give a shit what happens to her. I'm getting out of here. So he probably, you know, knuckles up to her. Jeez. Yeah. Keeps her in her place. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's I think that's the that's I think why Ash is such a uh, milk toast kind of guy in the beginning to kind of show that uh, kind of discrepancy, the difference. Because sure. he, eventually he comes, becomes the hero that he needs to be. Um, but I think, you know, he's he can't kill his girlfriend mm-hmm. because really, who can? <laughs> right. <laughs> if you put yourself into his shoes, you're kind of like, all right, well, he's he's kind of being a bitch, but I get why he's being a bitch. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's such a cool because anyone who has seen the Evil Dead series, they know that, you know, Ash Williams is the protagonist, but he's definitely not made out that way at first. He He's Mm-mm. he seeds everything to Scotty. Yeah, you know, it's Scotty's it, a man of action in the beginning. Exactly. And it, it's it's a good uh, it, it's a good character arc for sure. It's It's yeah. not this guy is just. He's the hero the entire time. He's brave as fuck, willing to do what needs to be done and gets the girl. It's not like this guy. He's a regular guy, you know, he's, and he's being harassed by demons and he doesn't know what to do about it. Yeah, it's such an interesting arc from where he starts off here and where he ends up like by the end of Army of Darkness. Yeah, he becomes a total douche. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. On the tape is some sort of archaeologist that talks about his findings and some ancient Sumerian ruins, including the book, which has a cover made from human flesh and calls it the Book of the Dead. It's a book that is used to summon demons. Cheryl turns it off because she's scared, and then Scotty turns it back on, and the guy on the tape starts reciting the incantations. I feel like there should be like a spoiler alert before you start doing incantations on a recording. <laughs> As the incantations continue, Cheryl freaks out, begging for someone to shut it off. She screams, and then a tree crashes through a window, and Cheryl runs into one of the bedrooms. Hey, you would think as soon as I start hearing incantations on a tape recorder, I would shut that tape recorder off. Right. Like, oh, I think we've heard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to play cards? You got a nice pack of Uno here. <laughs> yeah. Scotty just needed to listen. Yeah. Who, who would Anybody want to play Go Fish, or let's keep raising Cthulhu? <laughs> right. <laughs> fucking men you know yeah yeah again one of us would have definitely stopped i feel like yeah i you know i don't believe in ghosts but don't get me around a ouija board man no thank you oh that's jen too jen's all about anytime you see a ouija board right like ooh, ouija board like i don't know what it is 
I've never I mean, seen sure. it. It's the other sure. side calling to me, I think. I mean, it's got it, you know, it's brought to you by Milton Bradley, so it's probably <laughs> safe. But <laughs> yeah. you know what? I don't fucks with the devil, man. It's that one, you know, in child's play, that one doll <laughs> that gets possessed. Maybe you have that one Milton Bradley Ouija board. Yeah. You know, it's true. Spill the blood of a of a, a satanic cultist. Yeah. <laughs> and they and just Scott, put it in with the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> and Scotty's attitude in this very much gives me the vibes of um, a dude that would say that he could fight a wolf with his bare hands. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Scotty totally could. He'd had just he'd know exactly how to do it too. Yeah, it, that's why he's not scared of the invitations. Bring on the demon! I'll fight it with my bare hands. <laughs> Everyone thinks they're a demon fighter until it's time to fight demons. Yeah. <laughs> After everyone has settled down, Linda and Ash sit down on the couch. She goes to check on Cheryl. When she comes back, Ash has produced a small box and pretends to be asleep. After some back and forth, Ash stops pretending to be asleep and gives her the box, which holds a necklace with a magnifying glass on it. She loves it. They kiss. This is the most boring part. Though. <laughs> it's it's the ugliest gift I've ever seen. It's a very strange gift. It's yeah. so it, that thing lo- looks like it cost two dollars. They probably won it in a crane game, right. and they were like, "This is going to be the gift." Right. Oh yeah. yeah, or it's like someone's grandmother's. Uh, can we just raid your jewelry box real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. Just need something. <laughs> What's the symbolism there? I don't know. It's a magnifying glass. Yeah. I don't even want to know. It doesn't even have her birthstone on it. <laughs> Strange that, complaint to me. That's, that's how Dan gauges jewelry, whether or not Wait, it contains a birthstone. Honestly, that's like, though, that's like the highest, the highest you could do. He's given me several gifts with my birthstone, though. <laughs> exactly. Wait, I, I thought women love that stuff. Like, oh, look, that's really amethyst. cute. That's it's really cute. Amethyst. Are they all heart-shaped jewelry too? Uh, it have been. I can't uh, no, it was no. just like a little pendant. Yeah, there was like a necklace, there was a ring, but can we there all... was earrings. I hate, I hate to break it to you, Jen, but I think it's the only thing Dan remembers about you. <laughs> Her birthday's Amethyst. in May, damn it. <laughs> well, can, hold on. Can we at least, can we at least come to the agreement that that gift is better than a magnifying glass? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I rest my case. <laughs> It's a necklace that is also a magnifying glass. Maybe she reads a lot. I don't know. Right. I, I, just, I just imagine that Dan walks into the local K jewelers and the guy behind the thing is like, oh, here's my amethyst. <laughs> You're back. I, Dan's got a birthstone guy. Yeah. He just sees him coming and he pulls out the box. It's like it's like my Jamba Juice guy. God. <laughs> Whenever I go, he just rings me up a, a medium white gummy with whey protein. Wow, in it. I didn't know that either. I'm learning so much about oh, my husband yeah. tonight. Who knew? Everyone's yeah. got to have a guy. Yeah, Dan. I'd like to see this this version of Uncut Gems. <laughs> well, Dan, our anniversary gift shopping. Our anniversary is coming up in a few weeks, so stay tuned for. <laughs> what is he saying? Oh. This is how I gamble, or this is how I win. This is how I win. This is how I win. <laughs> Birthstones. Uh, Dan's, Dan's checking his phone to make sure he still has the receipt. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I have I have a NBA player breathing down my neck, so I need to be careful. I loaned out. It's Kyrie Irving. He's <laughs> <laughs> weighing whether or not he can still give you a, a birdstone jewelry 
in a couple of weeks. Man, it's really well, kind of blew up my spot just now. <laughs> let's be honest here. You're you've uh, you've ruined my getaway by taking like showing her that I'm taking her to a cabin in the woods, and then you've ruined the gift. Is there anything else you'd like to ruin, Aunt? Uh, destroy no. our anniversary. But here, like, get her a magnifying glass on a chain. She'll never see it coming. That's true. Yeah, because yeah. like, it's just dumb enough, right? Where <laughs> something like, there's no way he would do it, and he he did it. Yep. <laughs> you can't be mad at that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you kind of have to laugh. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might still get mad at it, but we'll see. You never know. Or would it be one of those things where, like, oh, you know, well, like how the, the girl in the movie is. Oh, I love it. Yeah, really <laughs> they're dating so it's different right right well yeah because he right to, it's assumed that he works a part-time job right he probably works at smart still maybe yeah. he just started and he's making you know what was minimum wage back then 350 probably yeah so yeah he's making 350 that's all he could afford <laughs> there's three months paycheck right there <laughs> and you could use it to do the crossword puzzles Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe that maybe we're the assholes here. The yeah. gift that keeps on giving. It's beautiful and practical. <laughs> but we all know women hate practical gifts. Wow. We all know that. <laughs> if it makes sense, they don't want it. I don't know what that means, and I'm kind of offended, but I don't know why. You guys need yeah. a new washer or a dryer? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I like stuff like that. Well, okay. No, actually I don't want to spend money. Yeah, on there you go. <laughs> That is a lot of money. Um, and something watches them outside and then moves from window to window around cabin, peering in. Watches Shelly change, then goes to Cheryl's window and makes a lot of noise. So much so that she ventures out of the cabin to investigate, which, yeah, you're already afraid about demons being summoned. Do not go outside. She walks out in the dead of night, into the middle of the night. If there weren't demons out there, she'd be lucky to find her way back to the house. She calls out to the woods saying she knows someone is out there and the demons start calling out to her saying, join us. And then trees attack her, tie her around her limbs and neck and start tearing off her clothes and then is raped by a tree. Shocking to still to this day, visceral and arguably completely unnecessary. She eventually manages to break the hold the trees have on her limbs and stumbles her way back to the cabin while the evil forces are bearing down on her. After finding the keys above the doorframe, she fumbles with the keyring, screaming for someone to help her. She drops the keyring in her frantic attempt to unlock the door, but Ash opens the door just in time and she runs in. She comes in and says that she wasn't she there wasn't something in the woods that attacked her. It was it was the woods, and that she wants to leave. So everyone tells her she's crazy, but she convinces Ash that regardless of whether or not she's crazy, he's going to bring her into town and find a hotel for the, for her for the night. And they go into the car stalls a few times before eventually starting and they drive off trying to make it back to the main road get back to the bridge and get lost in the dark so ash gets out of the car to make sure that he could find the bridge he goes stomping through the dark woods for a while and cheryl gets out to look for him she comes across the bridge which looks like it has been destroyed she runs back to the car and ash comes out of the woods and scares her and she breaks down screaming about how the woods are not going to let them leave. So they go back to the cabin and Ash continues to listen to the recording as the girls are occupying their time and Scotty chops wood outside. Shelly starts quizzing Linda on a deck of cards to try and see if she has ESP. Shelly acts like she's getting them right, but Linda is not. And then Cheryl, who's staring out the window, starts naming each card in the deck in sequential order as her voice starts to grow deeper. And I feel 100% that you would be the one lying about if we were getting the cards right. <laughs> yeah, I probably would. Yeah, yeah, Ace of Spades. How about? <laughs> I mean, it would be your fault for not 
con asking to conf the confirmation of showing me. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe me? Then that's on you. Yep. So Cheryl whoops her head around to reveal her eyes are white and her face looks different. And she levitates and curses those that have interrupted her slumber in an evil demon voice saying one by one they will die. And then she flops to the floor. Scotty comes in and is like, well, what happened to her? <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's the best. <laughs> and Ash approaches, approaches Cheryl slowly. And then she shoots up like the Undertaker and stabs, stabs Linda in the heel with a pencil. And I, and it, it's that scene. It's fake, but it's real enough looking <laughs> where you feel it in your ankle a little bit. Mm -hmm. like, oh, and they shit. hang on it. They yeah. do. They like pull on it and stretch it. Yeah. And then she's okay. Like a little while <laughs> after she's, she's like, yeah, she's sleeping. <laughs> I, you'd be writhing in pain all night. Yeah. And I don't know if you found this um, with anything you've read and over the years and stuff, but from that, that, that pre-roll stuff that they played with the Q&A with uh, Bruce Campbell. Um, I wonder if the pencil thing was any kind of callback to the story he told about uh, Raimi, you know, just in class pushing the pencil into the back of his neck. Oh, oh maybe. That's I mean, a good ooh, point. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't think of that. I was trying to think how, like, because we never actually, I'm assuming that's when Linda gets infected by the demon. Yeah. Right. Because we never yeah. see her. Like, she is in the back room, I guess. Technically, anything could have gotten her at any time, but we don't ever see it other than this right here. Mm -hmm. I think I think technically when they go back, don't they have a shot of her leg? Like, yes, like they do. And all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like when she turns, it goes it like drastically changes. He, like he looks yeah. at her and then she turns. Yeah. But that's like several scenes later. But um. So then she slaps Linda across the room and knocks Ash into a bookshelf, which then falls on top of Ash, trapping him under seven pounds of wood. His biggest nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets all tangled in it. Ash yeah. versus bookcases. That's what this movie should be called. Foiled again <laughs> by this cheap hunk of this cheap plywood. Yeah. She then starts approaching Ash to attack him again, but Scotty hits her with the blunt end of the axe, knocking her to the ground, then kicks her down the open cellar door and then locks her, locks the chain over the door. So they put Linda to bed to heal from the attack. The rest of the group tries to plan what to do as Demon Cheryl makes animalistic noises as she peeks up from the cellar. So good. It's yeah. Like, it's so iconic. One of the, ma the major things about what makes this movie work so well is the sound design. Mm -hmm. Like, even from, from all the screaming and the noises that these demons making to just the sounds in the cellar are just, like, phenomenal. Yeah. It, it, it's so, it's, it is very animalistic. That's a good way to describe it. And it's very effective. It's you, you don't even at least to me, you, you don't get annoyed by it because there are some movies where, for instance, uh, we just covered Basket Case and we, we talked about how the sound design of the the monster, the twin. Uh, what's it, What was his name again? Uh, Belial. Belial. Belial's sound design is just him yeah. like kind of like moaning and like yeah. shrieking mm -hmm. like, OK, I've kind of had enough of this really quickly, but when the, the demons show up and they're, they're mocking the, the survivors and, and the, uh, the, the demons outside saying to join us, it's really, it's so unique and it's, it's really something that adds to the, the atmosphere of the movie. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think cause in the, the difference is Belial is just screaming. It's not. And in this movie, it's more, 
it's part of the sound design. You know, it's like yeah. it puts you in that cabin of like, why doesn't she just fucking shut up? <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, it's and again, it's something that I, I feel like anyone who's seen Evil Dead, they they would remember having uh, Linda. Right, Linda's in the uh, Cheryl's in the cellar. Cheryl's in the cellar. Linda's the one that like sits down in the door frame. And yeah, and she and she sings, and it's like they again they make the most of it. It's it's incredible what you could do with even just a little bit of money, you know, and yeah. and that much talent. It's incredible. Yeah. So Scotty starts a fire, and Linda looks out the window, swearing she sees something outside. Scotty comforts her and tells her, "Is that Shelley?" Shelley comforts he comforts Shelley and tells her to go to the bedroom and get some sleep. As she does goes to the bedroom window and looks out and something crashes in shelly screams and scotty goes in and sees what happens and he sees the broken window but he doesn't see shelly he searches the room in the closet doesn't see her but as he turns around she grabs him by the neck and scratches his face with her long ass nails comes stumbling out of the room with demon shelly grabbing onto him and they struggle until he pushes her off and into the burning fire so he pulls her out of the fire and demon shelly thanks him for pulling her out of the fire and then wants to take scotty's skin so they wrestle some more, and she tries to stab him with that skull dagger. Ash tries to come to Scotty's rescue, but he gets knocked into another bookcase. <laughs> How many bookcases are in this cabin? <laughs> Definitely see, it feels like a Mel Brooks sort of thing. Really right. Like yeah. Sideshow Bob and the Rakes. I, I was just going to say it's Sideshow Bob. <laughs> yeah. I'll never get it. That'll never get old. That's such a good bit. Yeah. As Linda can... As Shelly continues to try and stab Scotty. Scotty pulls out his own knife from his waistband and stabs her in the hand. Shelly starts making guttural noises and then bites her own hand off. All the while, Ash is paralyzed with fear in the corner with an axe. Scotty then stabs demon Shelly with a skull dagger in the back and she makes wild screams for a long time until she collapses and starts spewing out milk everywhere from her mouth and her now stump hand. She stops writhing around, so Scotty goes to check the body. As he gets close, she comes back and grabs by the leg. Scotty pleads with Ash to kill her with an axe, but he can't. So Scotty grabs the axe and goes to town on her body, chopping her up to about a dozen pieces. Even as she's in pieces, the parts just flop around on the floor. After fountains of blood and several axe swings, Scotty says they have to bury her now. And one of my favorite lines is when Ash says, we can't bury her. She's a friend of ours. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense in any right. kind of logic. It's, it's usually what you do to your, your loved ones. <laughs> yeah, you would want to give them a proper burial. We we just gotta leave her here for the buzzards. <laughs> so they go out and bury Shelly, and then go back to the cabin to figure out next steps. Scott says that they should drive out immediately, but Ash says that Lindic is in no condition to leave now, and they don't know if there's another way out besides the bridge. Scotty says that he's leaving no matter what because he doesn't care about what happens to Linda, and he's going to go by foot to find a trail. So he heads out, and Ash goes to check on Linda. He takes a look at her foot, which, where she got stabbed, and he sees the wound progress worse and worse before his eyes, and then she shoots up with the same white eyes and demon faces as the other. Ash stumbles back, then makes his way to the front door. When he opens it, Scotty stumbles into him, bloodied and beaten. Ash puts him on the couch as demon Linda watches from the doorway. Ash tries to get information from half-dead Scotty, shaking him more than a guy <laughs> with several broken bones should be shaken. <laughs> this is the best part of the movie. <laughs> it really Scotty! Is. Scotty, wake up. He's got like bones poking out of his like oh, shirt. Yeah. 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 I think his wrist, like his arm bone is poking yeah. out through his wrist. Yeah. 
(laughs) It must be torture. Every every single movement that he makes (laughs) must be just agony. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's uh, that's the probably number one rule is to not shake uh, a trauma victim. Yeah, like don't move them. (laughs) (laughs) The hell, I won't move them. (laughs) I need answers. Not not only does he shake him, he stumbles over him, falls into him, pushes him off the couch. That's right. <laughs> He's if he wasn't dead when he walked in, Ash kills him. Mm, absolutely. Uh, then Demon Linda starts cackling like a mad woman. Scotty tells her to, Ash to kill her. Instead, he slaps her a couple times and holds the rifle to her head. She then turns back into normal Linda, pleading with Ash to help her and not let them take her again. So he drops the rifle and they embrace. The normal Cheryl starts calling from the cellar, saying that she's okay now and wants to come outside. So Ash slowly approaches the cellar and starts to call out to Cheryl, but then a hand breaks out of the floor and grabs him. He pulls away and yells at the demons to stop torturing him. And Demon Linda is back, mocking him, so he grabs her by the legs and drags her out of the door and then goes back to the house. Ash tries to force-feed Scotty water, telling him that the sun is going to be up in an hour and then they can try to get out of there. But Scotty doesn't take any drinks because he's basically dead. (laughs) I love it. And then Ash hears Linda laugh from outside. He goes to the window to look and doesn't see anything. But as he turns around, she's in the house and stabs him in the arm with a skull dagger. She comes back at him and tries to stab him again. They fight. He pushes her into the wall. She pushes him into Scotty, knocking Scotty onto the floor. They struggle over the dagger until Ash manages to turn the dagger on Linda and stabs her with it. And she falls to the ground, spitting up more milk. He moves Scotty's body and then brings Linda to the shed. He straps her down to the workbench with some chains and plans to chop her up with a chainsaw. Buddy bitches out and he cries over her body. So instead, he digs another hole and puts her in to bury her. Buries her, but she grabs him from under the mound and pulls herself out and they start to struggle again. Tries to knock her out by hitting her with a big piece of wood, but she grabs it and then they struggle until he goes flying. She then goes to jump on him. He grabs a shovel and knocks her head clean off her body, lands on him, spewing blood all over him. Goes back into the cabin and sees the cellar door has been opened and Cheryl is nowhere to be found. So he grabs a rifle and goes around the cabin looking for her, and she surprises him by jumping out at him from outside through a broken window. He shoots at her through the window and then goes to the door and struggles with it until he eventually pushes it closed, catching her fingers in the door. He then goes to the back to close that door, then realizes he's had his shells for the gun, but he saw some, unfortunately, in the cellar. Uh, So he goes down to the cellar, and it's still real fucking drippy. There's a pipe that's leaking, and it breaks open, spewing blood all over him. At that point, blood starts dripping from everywhere. The light switches, the outlets, the light bulbs, the walls. Phonograph starts playing out of nowhere. A projector starts playing and blood is dripping on it. It's fucking wild. This is a yeah. great scene. Yeah, it, yeah. I was going to say, it's such a good use of blood. Yeah. Uh, they they yeah. don't cheap out on the blood. Yeah, yeah I was they, reading. Okay, Mark. I was going to say the practicalness of the blood over the lens, like projecting onto Ash, onto the mm-hmm. screen. It's probably yeah. one of my favorite single shots the entire that's great i was reading uh trivia that uh bruce campbell was so caked in blood at the end of every shoot day that he would go back to wherever he was hotel or you know where he was staying at the time in the back of a pick like the flatbed of a pickup truck because he couldn't go into the seat he couldn't sit in anything because he was just just drenched in blood and fake blood he would probably stick to the seat yeah so they also said that there was one point where his uh, his wardrobe, his shirt, got so caked in the fake blood that it had dried. And when he went to go put the shirt back on, it broke. Oh, it wow. It snapped. <laughs> well, that was probably the, the fountain shooting out of the wall, I'd imagine, right? Uh, probably, yeah. God, it's like gallons and gallons. Yeah. 
He eventually finds the shells, yelling at the voices of his demon-possessed friends while he does so. He goes back upstairs and the clock starts striking an odd hour and the shutters start flapping like crazy. Mirrors are turning into pools of water. Just craziness. He shoots out the window and just generally starts to freak the fuck out. As he reloads the gun, he hears footsteps on the roof and he remembers the necklace that he pulled off Linda's body before he buried her. And is sad again, the uh, the necklace that uh, will be in uh, Jen's possession in a couple weeks. <laughs> the very same. <laughs> Then two hands come busting out the door and Cheryl tries to strangle Ash. He breaks away and he puts a chest in front of the doors to block it. Then Scotty comes alive as a demon Scotty and he tries to kill Ash. Ash pushes both of Scotty's eyes out of their sockets and Scotty lets him go. And then Ash pulls a foreign object out of Scotty's torso and the wound spews blood. Things go flying and the Book of the Dead winds up near the fire. Ash goes to get it and push it in further, but Cheryl comes blasting through the door. And Scotty grabs him by the legs, holding him back. So Ash grabs the necklace and tries to use it as a lasso to try and grab the book. Cheryl and Scotty both attack him. Cheryl hitting him with a fire poker and Scotty climbing up his legs, biting him as he goes. I'm surprised that doesn't turn Ash into a demon. After several failed attempts, Ash manages to grab the book with a necklace and tosses the book further into the fire. Immediately, both Scotty and Cheryl start to decompose in some amazing stop motion. Also, enormous hands come busting out of them, along with bugs and creamed corn, maybe. The hand scene was pretty sweet, when that giant, like, claw-like hand just comes out of uh, Cheryl's chest. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I, that that whole part is, again, the, the practical effects and everything are just, yeah. for that time period, yeah, like, obviously it's super dated and all that, but it's such a cool, it, it's such a cool idea, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, the stop animation... The, the creature designs it's a lot of fun it's just so fun i think it, it you don't yeah. get that with a lot of the the newer horror i, I think also more, like newer horror movies really focus more on uh like i guess ghosts and paranormal yeah where, most, most newer horror movies are paranormal sort of series right you're, like you're not getting like a, a true monster fest kind mm-hmm. of you know what I mean? like it's not a creature feature yeah, um, I guess it's paranormal too. Yeah, but I mean, you're but you're still getting like the gore. Yeah, I mean, even malignant. You know, it, it kind of borderlined on paranormal and a little bit of creature, but not really. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of other. I mean, obviously you have Michael Myers coming out soon, Halloween Kills, but that's just your slasher fit uh, flick. But you don't really have too many. You know, you don't get Pumpkinhead anymore. Right, you're not getting those kind of creatures. No, so it's good to see in this. Yeah, definitely. I wish they would use it a little bit more, but like I, practical I'm, effects. You're yeah, about. yeah, and it 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 always cracks me up when they'll be like, "This director swore that," and it's like Jurassic World, like they weren't going to use CGI. Okay, yeah, you're not going to use CGI in the fucking Jurassic World sequels. Like, give me a break, man. Of course, you're going to use CGI. These people, they weren't using. There was no CGI. So mm-hmm. they, you had to really be creative. Yeah, definitely. Especially for $350,000. Right. Yeah. I, that was my boomer speech, by the way. Yep. <laughs> These fucking CGI kids. Old man Old. yells at clouds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they splatter around until there's nothing left but a pile of viscera. And then it's sunrise and ashes survive the night. Steps out to greet the morning. But a demon comes from the woods, bolts through the back door, through the front, and into Ash. Then we cut to black. And that is the end of The Evil Dead. What a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
probably way too good for this podcast, but I'm going to let this one slide because it's a ton of fun. And it's campy as fuck, so it totally fits. And it's is October. It, is it better than RoboCop? It's, I think Ooh. it's on the same, I think it's on the same level. Yeah. They're both very B, uh, they, they have that campy B feel to it. Sure. But, but RoboCop has the bigger production budget for sure. You go to your, your local video store. Mm-hmm. They've, they're sold out of all the movies here. This is a hypothetical 2021 where they actually still have video stores. Sure. You, they've only got two movies. We got RoboCop and they got the Evil Dead. Which one are you choosing? I'm I'm going RoboCop. Okay, Mark. Mark's got to pick RoboCop. Right? Yeah, I like RoboCop better. I'm gonna I'm gonna mix up. I'm gonna say the Evil Dead. Oh, Jen, Didn't, would you tie it? Um, I've only seen like 20 minutes of the original RoboCop, and I think the acting in it. You know what? Maybe I'm gonna ruin friendships right now. I'm just gonna say Evil Dead. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's all tied. Sorry, all I didn't help up. anything. This is why we need the fifth member of the podcast. <laughs> we need to bring in someone random right now. No, I, listen, that's a tough choice. I, I do like, because RoboCop, again, has the little bit better budget value. Uh, it, it has some very iconic quotes and scenes. Uh, I, I mean, he shoots a guy's dick off. <laughs> that's great. I I think I default horror. I think that's really just what it is. Guns, yeah. Like if I, if I, if there was a toss up mm-hmm. and one's horror and one's not horror, I'll pick horror. I'd probably like that too. That's totally fair. I get it. All right. Uh, that's really it. Unless anyone who wants to talk about how they'd make this better, besides the one scene we would get rid of that we talked about already. The one scene that you guys will get rid of. Let's... Yes. Yeah. Dan is pro that. Scene. I'm I'm pro three. <laughs> no, I I'm kidding. I I I still think for its time period. Uh, yeah, it's shocking and all that. I I don't think it really held the, the same weight that it does now. You know what I mean? Sure. Like in, in in our time period, we were able to kind of step back and be like, oh, all right, well, yikes. But back then it was more just, oh, this is for shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was it, I think. There was nothing else really implicated, to, no. in my opinion. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's, te- it's, I think part of the reason why it lists right out is because it's purely there for shock value. Sure. It doesn't, it doesn't progress the plot in a way that some other way it couldn't. Because there are, Four other people in this movie that get possessed, and only one gets raped by a tree. Yeah, that's sort of the yeah. point. And and, and yeah. honestly, if I had watched this as a first time viewer, if if you just lifted that scene out, it wouldn't have. I wouldn't sit there like, man, you know what? This scene it's missing something. Right. This woman, I don't know why. I just feel like she needs to be penetrated by a tree. Right. That, that's obviously not going to jump into yeah. anyone's mind, hopefully. And we're not here. We're obviously we're not trying to cancel Sam Raimi. It's just it lifts no, right no. out. Yes, right yeah. out. Same experience. I mean, Spider Man uh, Three did that for him. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that tree rape scene comes out of nowhere. That's In Spider Man, yeah. Poor Gwen. Just like, where were you, Spidey? Huh? Where were you on that one? Yeah, on that note, let's wrap it up so we can go home. Uh, Jen, why don't you tell us where we can find you? So I am at Roxy Foxy. Again, that's R-O-X-I-I-F-O-X-I-I on Twitch, on uh, Instagram. Actually, it has an underscore TTV after it. And then on Twitter, it is Roxy Foxy as well. Okay, great. And you guys can plug your shit too. Uh, At Diaquino122 is my personal Twitter account. We also have our Real Play D&D account at Stranger Damies. Check there for updates, uh, anything else comic book D&D related. We enjoy talking to you guys and, uh, you know, 
that's about it for me. Yeah. So we have our D&D podcast, Stranger Damies. Airs every other Wednesday. There'll be an episode next week. Um, I don't know if the next one will be within two weeks because I'm probably going to try and stretch it out a little bit depending on with Extra Life and all coming up, which I'll talk about later. Um, trying to make it so everyone's caught up um, by the time we uh, stream live for that. But uh, definitely an episode next week. Um, it'll be the first episode of our sessions together in person for the first time in over a year. Um, so it, it's very interesting. You guys will notice a difference in interaction. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, as Dan mentioned, at Stranger Damies. Um, please like and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Um, and then we have our gaming podcast, uh, The Game Vault Pod. Um, airs every other Monday. There was an episode um, on Tuesday, just because we were a little delayed, because we were at uh, New York Comic Con. Um, so we wanted to make sure we got that experience out of the way before recording the podcast. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um, Instagram and Twitter at Game Vault Pod. And we also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod, um, where we, we stream three nights a week. Uh, Mondays is um, basically Tom's Retro Streams. Wednesday is our multiplayer uh, first-person shooter or co-op uh, stream. Currently, I think we're going to be playing uh, Back for Blood um, uh, for the foreseeable future. We had some fun with that um, on Wednesday that just passed. And then Thursdays, um, me and Jen um, do co-op streams, or at least it's my co-op streams that me and Jen are currently going through. It takes two, um, so be sure to uh, check that all out. And real quick, Extra Life, we finally have a date. This is the... Uh, first time on this podcast that I can mention it. Um, we will be uh, doing our 24-hour marathon starting uh, 9 a.m. on November uh, 13th. Um, so that is the week after Extra Life Day. So you can watch all your, you know, big-name streamers and stuff to do it on Extra Life Day and then come and uh, support us the next week um, as we'll be there playing a whole bunch of different games, probably first-person shooters. There's a new Jackbox Party Pack out um, that should be pretty good. Um, and just you know, blowing through um, a whole bunch of games and just having some fun and, and raising some money uh, for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Uh, so we hope um, you guys can join us then. And there may or may not be an actual wheel. Um, we still got to figure that out. So uh, stay tuned to the Twitters for that. Okay, great. And we are They Call This Movie. You can find us on all podcast streaming apps just by searching They Call This Movie, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. We are also themaindamey.com that's our main website and we are currently going through 31 days of horror right now i've got a bunch of movies that i have backlogged that i have to write articles for but go to themaindamey.com and you will find 31 days of horror as well as all links to our other shows we're also on all socials just by searching the main damey so facebook instagram twitter just search the main damey and we'll pop right up we're also on tiktok under they called some movie so find some TikTok videos of us dancing, maybe on TikTok. Just look for They Called This a Movie. And we are part of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, there's surely a show for you. If you want to suggest a movie to us, you can go to mainnamey at gmail.com. And if you got some time, we would really appreciate some reviews. Uh, just go on your pod catcher of choice. Give us a five-star review. Tell us you love us. Tell us you suck. But as long as you give us a five-star review, I really don't care what you say. Um, 
Well, that's going to wrap us up this week. The director of The Evil Dead is Sam Raimi. So for Jen, Dan, and Mark, this is Anthony Davecchio telling Sam Raimi, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? <laughs>